the Cigar Cast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Crown Cigars and Nails here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I am one of your hosts, Trey Dedman. I am joined, as I am every week, by Mr. Shane Reeves. So, a rarity tonight, I'm the one that goofed up the intro. <laughs> but uh, everyone out there, usually we take a couple of runs to get the intro right, but tonight it was 100% my fault. <laughs> and I flew through it. I've got some energy coming off work. I had a rough day at work today. Just one of those where you feel like you're trudging through six feet of mud all day long. And uh, so, it's funny, as soon as I leave the building, I'm in a better mood. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> well, I think I've, I've spent the past two weeks fighting with City Hall over their, a lot of their stupidity. I've heard you can't fight City Hall. Oh, you can fight City Hall. <laughs> the, th- the thing is, you have to decide, do you want to win or do you want to show? Right. And I'm there to show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, but the, I can't get the guy that I hate fired, but I can make sure he never gets promoted. There you go. That's, that's all that matters. But let's let go of the negative. Let's let go of the stress and let's light a cigar. All right. Well, let's bring some positivity into this. Uh, I'm smoking a cigar tonight that I really love but always forget about. This seems to be a bit of a trend for me lately. Um, Fourth Prime by, uh, forget who makes it. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Fable. Fourth Prime by Fable Cigars. This is a box press. I'm smoking the Marseille um, size, which is a five and a quarter by 54. And it's a Pennsylvania broadleaf wrapper with Ecuadorian Habano Lajero uh, binder and filler. And those are both from the Dominican and Nicaragua. So it's, it's one of those cigars that brings a lot to the party. I love the way they balance the Lajero in this cigar. It gives you a little bit of strength without being an LFD or something that, or even a Tennessee Waltz. It doesn't bring a whole lot of strength to the party, but that Lajero balances out the uh, Pennsylvania Broadleaf Wrapper so, so well. And it's just an all-around good cigar. And at, you know, 10 bucks a stick, it's really reasonably priced. I have not had that one yet, but I haven't smoked any of the Fable cigars yet. I need to get in there and smoke a few of them just so I can say I have. It's a cigar I think you would like when you're in the mood for it. I think it's kind of like the the Yellow Rose, which is which is a cigar that you liked, but I don't think it's a cigar that you're going to smoke every day. Yeah, it's a, it's a destination smoke. And it's I feel a, like this is that for you as well. You know, and it's funny because a lot of the, you know, just through my travels, I end up acquiring a couple of boxes of Cubans here or there through completely legal means, I assure you. And... The the Cuban is a good cigar, but it's a mood. It's definitely... I couldn't smoke a Cuban every day. If I smoked a Cuban cigar every day, I would not enjoy it. No, absolutely. They, they bring a lot of pepper. They will burn your palate out faster than just about any other cigar out there, in my opinion. Yeah, they just seem... They seem to have a little more body, not as much complexity. They... They get the job done, but they're kind of, you know, it's like when you've got a screw and you beat it into the board with a hammer, mm-hmm. as opposed to taking a screwdriver and really slowly getting it in there just like you want it. Yeah. And all that's that's kind of the difference in a Cuban and a Nicaraguan for me. But, so... Speaking of Nicaraguan cigars. So many of the top 25 lists come out this time of year, and we're going to spend some time talking about that, too. Because Aficionado, of course, is the big one with their top 25 list. But so many others have them. But a cigar that I... So the way I do it is I take an average of three or four of these lists. Mm -hmm. What cigar keeps coming up in the top, Tim? What cigar keeps coming up as one of the favorites? And I 
noticed this year it was my father the judge okay haven't had one of these yet these just came out this year um it's a ecuadorian wrapper and it's sumatra ecuadorian sumatra which i'm a big fan nicaraguan binder nicaraguan filler looking at the five by 60 box press okay so interesting shape interesting cigar i've not had this one yet um and And i'm sorry go ahead I'll tell you the reason why. I've always felt like the price point was just a little high on this cigar. Mm-hmm. But the MSRP on it is $12.40, so it's on the upper end of the spectrum for me. Yeah, and that's based on the Le Bijou uh, blend, isn't it? Um, I don't know. It just says it's bold and it's box-pressed. Okay, well. The Garcia family in Nicaragua. That, that's good enough for me. So I'm interested to see how that ends up feeling to me. Um I don't know. I've, my father's is a hit or miss for me. I'm not like you. I'm not a hardcore, you know, love everything in the my father factory. Right. So going to be interesting to try. It. But if if it's the blend, if it's based on the blend, I think it is. Then I have a feeling you're really going to like that. Um, it's a little bit, little bit less. Well, I'm I'm expect I would expect it to be a little less peppery than say the blue label. And I enjoy the blue tremendously. Right. Matter of fact, I picked up a Lancero in the blue label this weekend. I haven't had one of those in a very long time. I found it at a little cigar store off in Alabama, and it was in a dusty box in the back. And those are always those my are favorite. the best. Oh yeah, you know it's been there several years. Yeah, and this shop's only been open three years, so it may probably have been there part all. of the original. <laughs> yeah, original inventory. But I may just to smoke that at a future date, but I got it and I kept it for the show. But I wanted to try the judge tonight because I want to see, I have a lot of grumbles about the top 25 lists and I want to <laughs> see if they're getting even close to that. So was that down in Florence that you found that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. it, the Cigar Room Shoals is a great little place. And so we're in Nashville and there's a lot of music going on and always a lot of great country bands playing and you know, Chris Stapleton could always be found on Music Row in a bar playing somewhere before he hit it big. Right. And there's a dozen other acts that are just waiting for that one moment to step up that are always in Nashville. But I always feel like Shoals is kind of the home of Southern Rock, like that Muscle Shoals sound. There is there is a very distinct sound that you get out of that. I mean, because that is, you're, you, you hit the nail on the head. It, it's true Southern Rock. It's that... It's it's the good version of bro country, because bro country is terrible. But it, it takes the sort of the the twang out of it, but gives you some of that just that raw solid body guitar sound. Um, you get that that four four beat. You just there's something about the music out of that area that I really like as well. Well, and I wonder if it's geographical. If they're a little closer to Memphis and a little mm-hmm. further from Nashville, mm-hmm. and if they're kind of because if you look on a map, they're kind of Muscle Shoals is kind of the midpoint between Nashville and Memphis. And I just wonder if ge- geography plays something in all that. Well, that's one of the things I love about music out of the South is is especially in Tennessee. I mean, you've got some great bluegrass coming out of East Tennessee uh, and, of course, you know, Kentucky and Northern Tennessee as well. You've got great country music that has always found a home in Nashville. You've got some of the best blues ever uh, out of, and I know people from Louisiana are going to scoff at that statement, but Memphis, you know, you've got that true Memphis sound of blues. And so, but but as, as you go, you know, along other parts of Alabama, you get a, and, and Mississippi and, and, and into Louisiana, 
the the sound really does change, but it's very distinctively southern. Yeah, I mean, we could we could spend hours talking about music mm-hmm. and all. It's it's so interesting. Music fascinates me in all its forms. Um, I'm I'm pretty pretty liberal. I listen to pretty much anything that isn't rap. Yeah, that, I'm I fall into that category. In fact. I've got a couple of concerts coming up in the next few months. One of them is Dropkick Murphys, and then the other is the Fratellis. So I've, I've got a uh, a punk show and a ska show coming up. <laughs> it's quite a bit of range. You yeah, got a little there, bit. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about top twenty-five cigars of the year. All right. So Aficionado does their list every year, and they've been releasing it. They will have released number one by the time we get to this show. But we're one day behind number one. They're all the way up to number two on their top 25 list. All right. But here's my complaint about Aficionado's list. They don't really have parameters they set for their list. Right. Which, But I kind of don't fault them for that. Because if you or I were to sit down and make our top 25 list, we're not going to set up a bunch of rules. It's going to be very emotional. And... Or... or Maybe not so much emotional, but it's going to be very subjective. So, I'm glad you say that. Okay. Because an example of a top 25 list that does a great job of setting up rules and following them is Cigar Dojo. Yes. Now, if you're a cigar guy and you don't have the Cigar Dojo app, get it. It's a lot of fun. It's a fun little app. You check in what you've been smoking. Um, Just a great little app. Yeah, it's it's a great little, like, Foursquare meets Facebook for cigars. So, they do their Chop 25 list, and here's the guidelines, and I love their guidelines. The cigar is $12 range, must be under $13 MSRP. Okay. that's I like that. Rule. Because then you build value for money into your rating. Regular production, no limited editions, shop exclusives, none of that. I don't necessarily agree with that, but I can understand where they're coming from. Because I, I'll tell you what my number one cigar of this year would be, and it's a limited limited edition, or it's a special run. Must be sold in the USA. Okay. So no Cubans. And has to be released in 2017. Has to be released this year. I, I like those parameters. I like good parameters. I'm a rules person. Yeah. So I, I really like Dojo's list for that reason. Now, they do get into some more eclectic cigars. For instance, their number one cigar of last year of 2016 was the Maestro del Tempo from Warped Cigars. Okay. And that's, that's a little more exotic. I did hear great things about that cigar. I haven't had one personally, but that I, I do like the fact that the other thing you get with Cigar Dojo is you don't get, it's not all the big players. It's really quality, uh, quality first. Yeah, and the good thing about Dojo is it's not about who spent the most money in advertising. Yeah, I was trying to say that without saying it, but well, yeah, you're you're exactly right. I mean, with with aficionado, you get you can definitely see. I'll never forget. I think it was I, I, well. Apparently, I'll forget the year, but when Romeo came out with the Romeo, and that got cigar of the year. Like that was a that was a really good cigar. I enjoyed it quite a bit. That was not cigar of the year. Yeah, if there's a if the Romeo by Romeo is ahead of two Padrones and a Cohiba, there's something right. Something there's something fishy. something at play there. Now another place that does a good top twenty five list is Cigar Journal. 
and all. And actually, I'm smoking their number one cigar of 2017 is the My Father the Judge. Oh, okay. So their number two is the Perdomo Bourbon Barrel Aged. Uh, I'm not a particular fan of that cigar. It just, it's, so, and I've said this on the show many times, the thing I love about Perdomo is the fact that you always know what you're getting. It's the Starbucks of the cigar world. It's not going to be the best, it's not going to be the worst, but it's consistent and you know exactly what you're getting. I don't feel like they did the bourbon barrel age as well as some other people are doing it, and I feel like it's... Um, it's maybe not exactly their wheelhouse. I don't think that it enhanced what they're already doing. I think I'm over the barrel age. Mm-hmm. I think I'm over it. I think that fad has come and gone. Um, I just think I'm way past barrel age at this point. Yeah, I've never been just a huge fan because, as I've always said, I like to drink my drink and smoke my cigar. I don't necessarily need to smoke my drink or drink my cigar. You know, the Andalusian Bulls still making a lot of showings. It showed up as number six this year. And the Andalusian Bull, have they had production problems, or is it just our shop? No, I, they fly They fly out of the, the shelves. I mean, anyone I know who's gotten them in has not been able to hold on to them. Since the 2000, they became the 2016 Cigar of the Year. Who in here is playing music at unbelievable volume? I have no idea. I'm hoping it doesn't pick up as much, but it definitely sounds like we're we're recording in a concert hall tonight. Yeah, it does. I'm fixing to go yell at somebody. <laughs> and I don't know why people do that. <laughs> Microphones over here, we're sitting in front of them, and somebody says, this is a great time to play Mannheim Steamroller. <laughs> so, but let's talk a little about... It could be worse. It could be rap or any number of other things. That's true. That was a terrible example. Uh, (laughs) So let's talk about our best of the year this year, and we'll come back to our best cigar of the year. I'm going to give you some time to think about it, a show's worth of time. All right. Let's talk about the best accessory. We're both accessory guys. Yes. And this year has been a great crop of accessories. Um, You know, the, the Calibri, I think, has led the pack with the SV cut and the quartz cutter. The cube that I have, I think quasar. They, yeah, quasar. I don't know why I always want to call that you, quartz every time. But I think they've led the pack in that. There's been um, the shuriken will not be making the list <laughs> tonight, but there's been a lot of good. What's been your favorite new accessory you got your hands on this year? So I've got to say, uh, you know, I was really looking forward to both the SV cut and the quasar cutter, and. The Quasar is just a little bit better for me. I, I really think of the new and innovative stuff that come out, came out. I mean, you talked about Calibri's leading the pack, and that's been the case for the last couple of years. I know that's not a very popular opinion because so many people think that they still suffer from quality issues, and it's just because they're afraid to take the plunge. But if you actually put your hands on some Calibri stuff, the quality is there. The design is better than anybody else. They are in a class all their own, as far as I'm concerned. Um, the SV cut, I wasn't really as excited as I wanted to be about it, but that Quasar, the weight, the feel, you can feel the quality in it and the fact that it's so smooth and it's so well designed. Uh, and I think it probably comes down to the fact that they, I wish I could remember the guy's name that actually designs them, but it's not an in-house design, it's a collaboration. And it really just shows when you put 
form and function together that you can really accomplish some really unique and interesting things. And I think the the weight of it really, and, and the fact that they're starting to bring two of the best cutter designs, in my opinion, that have ever existed in the cigar industry, that sliding straight, straight, hmm, that sliding straight cut that I use on a daily basis, and then pairing that with the best V cutter that's ever been designed, I think it's a win. So, I love the quartz cutter. I really enjoy it. I did that one on purpose. I love that. I love that cutter. I have one that's my at-home cutter. It stays on my porch, where I can just grab it, and my wife can smack down on it real hard. And I'll, I really enjoy that. But I'm a fan of the SV cut. I think I would actually put the SV cut above that. I'm holding mine in my hand right now. And the biggest thing that I noticed about the SV cut was how smooth the operation is. That operation, and I hope it holds out. I hope in 2018 I'm talking about it. Yeah, and I, I don't have any doubt that you will. I mean, my V-cutters and, and this S-cut that I use have been around for years, and they still operate the way they do. Uh, they did from the, from the day I bought them. The only thing I was a little disappointed with that is that the finish just doesn't, it, it almost feels a little plasticky to me. And I don't know if that's to save weight or if it's just the the process they use. I mean, you can feel that it's quality. It's definitely not made of plastic, but it's just, it's a little too, it's a little too smooth, if that makes sense. Well, the portability of it's what's great. Yeah. I really like it. My wife got me one for Christmas. It was a great Christmas gift from her. And... The portability, because I love the Quasar, but you have to, you got to tote it around. Yeah. And I mean, you could kill a bear with that thing. Although that one you could kill a squirrel with. It's not a dainty piece. Yeah, but I mean, you'd have to have a pretty good aim to kill a squirrel. (laughs) But I think those, that's definitely the two best accessories that come out this year is those two cutters. Yeah, everybody else that I saw, most of what came out this year from other players were redesigns. And um, you know more design changes than they were true innovations and truly new product. More aesthetic than mechanic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm I'm more a fan of the mechanical part of it. You know, me too. Austin and I spent some time. He's about to get Zycar here in the shop, and I said, "Why are you getting Zycar here in the shop?" He said, "Because it's a recognized name." But is it really? I think people that know know Calibri as much as they know Zycar. Well, so the problem with with Calibri is that people have long memories. Now, Calibri at one time back in the early 2000s had about a 90% market share for the accessories in the industry. And then they had some issues and that was also happened to coincide with the time that Zycar came onto the scene. And so they were able to step in with that lifetime unconditional warranty. And that's really where they get their recognizability is the fact that they're able to, you know, if something breaks for any reason, whether it's your fault, act of God, whatever, they replace it, no questions asked. The problem with that for me is that I've never had one that I didn't have to use that warranty. Now, my Calibri's, I've never had to use a use the warranty. Now, it's limited. It's only two years. But I much prefer to have a a warranty that I never use as opposed to having an extensive warranty, but I have to use it all the dang time. 
Right. It's, you know, it's the difference in taking your car to a shade tree mechanic and taking your car to a dealer. Mm-hmm. Yes, I pay more at the dealer, but I know he's going to diagnose it right the first time. And not only that, but for me, the, the Zycar, if you look at identical product, because it does happen, between Calibri and Zycar, the Zycar is going to be about 10 to 15% more expensive than that Calibri. And what you're essentially doing is paying for that warranty. And and the the long and short of it is most people are going to lose that accessory before they have the opportunity to have it replaced anyway. So now you've got you've spent more and you have to pay more to replace it. So our next category. That being said, I do really like Zycar. <laughs> I really like some of the stuff that they do. In fact, you know, they, they made the gold standard on that XI2 cutter. You know, that is probably the industry standard for what a just nice, good quality, well-designed cutter is. And I have one that I use quite a bit. But for my money, I think the Calibri is just a little bit better. Yeah, the teardrop cutter will always kind of be the hold the market share. Yeah. But they have so many levels of quality of those. I don't like when you do that. I don't like when you have a low-grade, mid-grade, high-grade. I collect knives, and you get a lot of that in knives where they have one design of knife, and they have a low-grade blade, a medium-grade blade, and a high-grade blade. Yeah. And I don't like when they do that. Let's make the product. Let's make the product good. Pay the price for it or go home. Yeah. That, that being said, I bought Openails for all of the men in my family this year for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever seen those? I have not. Beautiful pocket knife. You would love this thing. It's very simple. Single blade. The lock is actually a, a pivoting collar. Oh, okay. It's French made. It's just a, a stained wood handle. It's it's um, but they're the they're the same kind of way where you can you can spend or you can spend but ev- everything. Sorry, I was doing hand motions. That's not very good audio, is it? That's good pot. <laughs> but you can. Um, but everything I've read says that it's one of those products that always shows up on those lists of things you only have to buy once. Right. So, 2017. What cigar? did you most look forward to the release of in 2017? What was the cigar that you heard about it at the show? We talked about it on this show, and you were so looking forward to that cigar's release. Oh, my goodness. Probably one that was released at the show or just released this year? Just released in 2017. I've got to say it was probably... No, the Avo Synchro was last year. Um, but I had my first one this year, and that was amazing. That one probably surprised me the most. But I guess the 505 Nicaragua from Romeo. That was one that I, I, I saw it coming out, and I really enjoyed the original Romeo that I spoke about earlier. And so I was incredibly intrigued by the, the Nicaraguan version that they were putting out, and I was not disappointed at all. That's that's a good one. That was a good one. Of course, me being a Drew Estate fan, you know it was the Undercrown Sundrum. Mm-hmm. I was looking for them feverishly everywhere. And it was kind of funny because I don't know if I had to give my palate time to adjust to that cigar or if I had built it up so much in my mind the first one I smoked could never add up. But the first one I smoked didn't knock my socks off, but it's become one of my favorite cigars. See, it's funny you say that because I said I was going to smoke my first one of those on the show and then I broke down and had one anyway it was the same kind of thing it it did not knock my socks off the way I was hoping and or expecting 
still a good cigar, but I've only had the one. I'm, I'm going to give it three or four more attempts to kind of see if, if maybe it's a palate thing. Now, what cigar released last year disappointed you the most? Oh, probably, probably the Tabernacle. Um, it was. It came out to great pomp and circumstance. Everyone really liked it. It just didn't hit my palate. I could tell it was a good cigar. It was well made. Uh, I think. I think it was a good blend. I don't think it was a good blend for me. Yeah, for me, it was the, you smoked it on the show, I smoked it on the show, the E.P. Carrillo um, collaboration. Uh, collaboration cigar, the La Gloria E.P. Yeah. Carrillo. I expected better, and I was disappointed in that particular See, I, cigar. I really, I almost said that for the, the other question of ones that I really looked forward to. I was really looking forward to EPC coming back to that line. And I didn't have a problem with it. In fact, I want to smoke a couple of more of them uh, because my palate's been kind of janky the last couple of weeks with sinuses and allergies and stuff like that. But I actually really enjoyed that cigar. Well, let's step away for a break. When we get back, we'll talk about some more of the best of 2017, including who you want to smoke a cigar with that was in the big leagues in 2017. What celebrity? We'll be right back with that and more after this. back to the cigar cast this is one of your hosts shane reeves sitting beside trey deadman tonight it's weird not having you across the table from yeah well me. we were expecting a guest but it ended up just being a bottle episode this week so it is kind of we're a little bit closer in proximity than usual this is definitely definitely interesting it kind of throws me off of course tonight i appreciate you dressing down and all those of you out there have to know trey usually dresses very well He's a very stylish dresser for some reason. I usually feel like I should be wearing one of those barrels with suspenders <laughs> is what I should have on. Which, by the way, those are an outstanding pair of suspenders to hold up a wood barrel <laughs> like that. Joke. That's a great set of suspenders. But we're back from the, from the break. Before we get back into 2017, I found a new tool, a new cigar tool on Facebook that I have got to show you, and I've been saving this. I didn't want to show you this until we were on the air, because I want to see your first impression of this item on air. All right, let's see what... Oh, is that a cigar pipe? It's called a Pygar pipe. Pygar, oh, good Lord. So Now, I have actually... I've actually seen people smoke out of just a regular pipe just stick the end of a cigar in the top of it and smoke smoke a cigar that way well this is the first pipe they actually have a little for lack of a better word spike in the middle and i've watched the video numerous times on this and it's pygar pipes p-i-g-a-r pipes on facebook and the theory is that you cut an inch or two off of your cigar and you stick it in the pipe and you smoke it when you don't have time to smoke a whole cigar yeah or you want to spread a cigar out and you you know a pipe is something you like i'm gonna order one i've got to order one they got one or two and i'm probably because i'm interested to see here's my theory 
that cigars like the LFD that are really strong, mm-hmm. that when you put them in the church warden style of this pipe, that that smoke's going to be cooler and you're going to get even more nuance. Yeah, I'd imagine that's probably the case. That's my fantasy of these. And it's, it's a very interesting piece of mechanical work because they fixed it where the insert actually screws down into the pipe over the spot. Oh, okay. And the people watching it actually take a little piece of cedar and put under there because it never combusts, but it gives even more flavor I can coming through and all because it gets hot as it goes down. Huh. Interesting. You'll have to review that on the show. Maybe even use it on the show. I'll have to, I'll have to do it. I'm going to order a couple because it's just it's a fascinating. It's an ideal I've always had ever since I bought a pipe. <laughs> that wouldn't it be great if I could just like whack a cigar up and drop it in here and light it and be able to smoke it that way? Yeah, like I said, I have seen people do that. I've even seen the cigar version of the old school cigarette holders. So it's definitely a. a not not a fresh idea, but a fresh take on a on an old idea. It's a good piece of energy engineering. There, um, there's a lot. They're very, um, I guess, industrial is the word for mm. them right now. They look very industrial. Very they machined. Yeah, they don't look terribly. You know, pipes are almost as beautiful decoratively as they are functionally. Yeah. And all. I have a couple of Mario Grandes that I ordered, and I really love my Mario Grandes, but it just packing them and then you don't get that long of smoke off of them unless you smoke super slow which i'm not good at right so how's your fable cigar it's really good it's everything i was hoping it would be tonight it's it's funny on on the way down here i was smoking a jaime garcia and it was plugged and it's 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 something this particular box that i've been getting them out of every about fourth or fifth cigar has had one with a plug in it and i'm it's starting to frustrate me but so driving down here, of course, I was in a hurry and trying to smoke a cigar with a plug. So I'm having to really slow myself down on this cigar because I'm so I'm I was I trained myself earlier in the day to really be drawing, and now I've got a great draw because the, uh, the Fable's a box press, so it's rolled a little looser, and so I'm getting great draw out of it. But I'm just I'm basically freight training it over here because I'm just I need to I I'm trying to slow that. myself. When I got when after the break I got back I thought wow he smoked a lot of cigar during that break, <laughs> but now the my father the judge I'm very impressed, really like it. It doesn't have pepper, which I'm not anti pepper, but I don't like a lot of it. So this is not peppery. It's just a good flavor, and of course I love Sumatra. Yeah, and you can taste that Sumatra kind of right on the back of your tongue. I always yeah. feel it right back there with it. So that Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper, that Nicaraguan binder and filler, I'm, I've got to say, I'm more likely to pay the price for them now than I probably ever would have been. Excellent. So much more excited about that. So also, talking about Cigars 2017, and this will probably be a couple of weeks show for us to really break down. Who is the person... Now, they can be alive or dead, but they have to have died in 2017. That was news and noteworthy that you would most likely like to sit down and have a cigar with this year. So someone in the news, someone that kind of made the news this year, whether it was for their passing or whether... um, So you kind of teased this before the break, and, and I started thinking about it. And for me, it's Roger Moore. Being the tremendous Bond nerd that I am and and huge fan of his that I am, I think that would have been, you know, 
for all the Bonds, his his movies were the most campy and most sort of out there and ridiculous. I mean, he was the first Bond in space. Uh, sure. But he and I, I feel like, had a very similar personality. What's so funny is you wouldn't think about the most famous spy with a license to kill was actually played by a pacifist. Um to the point that he actually, you know, used to talk about some scenes where, in his movies, where he had to be violent, and he never really appreciated that part of his character. Um, and I think at one point in like the '80s, there was a domestic abuse charge that he was involved in as the victim. And his wife used to beat the crap out of him. <laughs> like he, but the, you know, but that just gives you kind of an idea. And and he and I share that that similarity in kind of philosophy a little bit. And he was just a tremendous person, did a lot for charity. And I think it would be great to be able to, to have been able to have sat down with a Bond and share a cigar with him. That's a, that's a, great, that's a great one. And uh, Roger Moore, very interesting guy, probably had more underrated roles than any actor in history. Yeah, I think that's probably right. You know, his, um, in the Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, what was it? The Quest. The Quest, yeah. His role in that, very underrated. Yeah. So, I, and I would be interesting over a cigar to talk and find out how he really felt about that. Because one thing, so a cigar is not a truth serum. Right. But when you surround a man in a gentleman's environment and you, the smoke starts flowing and the relaxation comes upon him, a man's more likely to be earnest and honest with you as to how he really feels about life. I think that's right. So in, in, that, in that realm, I've got to say I would want to have, have one with Hugh Hefner. Now, take all of the salaciousness aside he had a great philosophy about living life Mm -hmm. about just living a good life enjoying yourself taking your time drink the wine eat the cookies date the women you know he really had all that and I would be interested to know toward the end of his days what his feeling on the direction of the magazine he started was going as well as our society in general yeah and also, I've said before, it's funny, all these sexual harassment claims start after Hugh Hefner died. <laughs> he must have been the gatekeeper, is that what I, I think he was the Van Helsing of the pervert world. I think <laughs> he was fighting a secret battle against all of that. But Hugh Hefner, I would love to have sat and just smoked one with him. Um, I picture him using a cigar holder for some reason. I think I would have to wear a, a bathrobe when I smoked with him. A smoking jacket. Smoking jacket. Yeah. Well, he always seen him in the silk pajamas. Right. Then what has happened to the smoking jacket? Why do we not have good smoking jackets nowadays? Uh, I don't... Uh, uh, who has the money? Or the time? Like, you don't smoke inside anymore. And I, so you don't... People aren't smoking in their houses. It's not... I feel like that's more of a. I think that was more of a take your cigar out to the to the study or to the back porch or some kind of thing. I don't feel like it was a bring it out. Now he did because of who he was, but what was there a function to the smoking jacket? Did it keep you from burning holes in your shirt, yeah. or is that yeah? Yeah. So it would it would go over like so traditionally if you would have a cigar after dinner, well you would be dressed for dinner in either you know white coat or black tie. And uh, so it was, a, it was a way of keeping the, the ash and all of the, uh, 
the embers and stuff like that that would fall from from getting on your your fanciest of clothes. Very interesting. And no one really dresses up like that anymore, except for you. Well, <laughs> you're you're maintaining the standard for all of us. I am. I have found an opportunity to wear my kilt and actually dress with the bow tie and the suit and the full. Oh, so I'm going. Ve- I'm looking forward to that New Year's Eve. We'll need a post. Uh, we'll need a picture of that on the You'll, Cigar Cast homepage. I'm sure there will be plenty. But moving forward, still talking about cigars of the year and different things in the industry. So this year, there was a lot of new things marketed, a lot of cigars marketed in different ways. Yeah. And where I'm going with this is, who's marketing really caught your eye this year? Because, you know, Perdomo always does the gigantic humidor giveaway. Mm -hmm. They did it all across the country, and they claim the humidor is worth $2,500. But it was a good gimmick to sell a whole bunch of cigars. Right. Who really brought the ad campaign to you this year, cigar-wise? I think Drew Estate is the king of marketing. And even though I'm not just the biggest fan of their cigars, they developed the, the Water Tower logo into a display for their acid tins. Well, no, they did tins not just in the acids, but across their line. They did Liga tins. They did Hoya tins. And they put them, they built these water tower displays to set them on. And I thought that was just such a great way to incorporate a functional piece of your logo into a, a really well-designed piece of, of marketing. Yeah, that's a, that's a great way. And the, the Drew Estate water tower is a staple. You know, for a long time, it was the bridge. It was actually the picture of the Brooklyn Bridge because Jonathan Drew grew up in Brooklyn. Right. And now they've kind of morphed over into that water tower design, that more South South American feel. Yeah. As they've moved toward it. But yeah, they I think they are the undisputed king of marketing in the cigar industry. Yeah. And I'm really glad to say the Drew Estate cigar we get today is not a bit different than the one we got before Swisher Sweets bought them. It's true. Uh, I know a lot of people were concerned about that. That was everybody's concern. Now, there was two schools of thought on that. There was a school of thought that, and this is what's hilarious, there was a school of thought that, oh, Drew Estate sold out. Yeah. And we're all going to suffer for it. The Drew Estate cigars we love are gone. The other school of thought was, hey, this is some really good guys getting paid. And whatever happens to our cigars happens to our cigars. But there's not one of us in the world that if offered the kind of money Drew Estates offered would not have been glad to have took it and moved on with life. Would have said, no, I'm not selling the company and keeping it. Yeah. So, and it's, they surprised everybody when the quality of the cigar did not change. Well, and if anything, you know, the other, the other good part about that is the fact that it, it, it gave them a little extra cash flow to do what they're already good at, which is throwing parties, which is marketing, which is innovating. And it just helped them you know, really shine and, and be able to show off their talents a little more, I think. And... The second runner-up has always got to be Fuente. Fuente always does such a good job with their special releases. I honestly think the Fuente Cigar Company, Arturo Fuente, is the king of the special release cigar. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Opus line, the Don Carlos, the Eye of the Shark, all of their lines of cigars, the stuff that when you walk in the shop, they say, hey, check it out. We got one box of these, and they're going to be 30 bucks each, but you're never right. going to see them again. Yeah, exactly. 
I think that um, Arturo Fuente probably has the the second place as far as they do a better job on the special release stuff than Drew Estate, but Drew Estate does a better job on the market as a whole. Right. I'd say that's probably right. And so, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, carry on. I was just going to, I was actually going to change the subject a little bit and, and ask you, since you've been kind of leading the charge tonight on, on your categories of the end of the year, uh, rather than doing a cigar under $8 this week, let's talk about what your favorite cigar under $8 was this year. I've actually done a little research on I had that. a feeling you would have. I had the same thought, and I know, I bet you in two guesses you can guess what I think the best cigar under $8 of 2017 spent. Oh. I give you two guesses. This the, is the name of that cigar. The, um, the new La Aurora. That's not it. Oh. Uh, Though I do smoke more of those. I do smoke more ADNs than probably any other La Aurora ever released. That's the only one I've got on my mind. The Charter Oak. Oh, see, I, I, I didn't realize you liked that as much. That was going to be my answer. That, that's that been my favorite cigar under $8 this year. It actually came out this year as well. But well, I, I've smoked probably a box and a half worth of those. And I just really, I didn't, I don't see you smoking them as much. So I guess I didn't realize that was well, in your wheelhouse as much. The size I like, he can't keep in stock in the humidor. That's the biggest problem is every time the size I like gets in there, the 6x60s or the 5x55s, every time they get in the um, the humidor, they're gone. Yeah, well, the 5x55s, you can thank me for most of that because I usually buy a handful at a time. Yeah, and, you know, the wrappers, Connecticut Broadleaf, the binder's Nicaraguan, the filler is Nicaraguan. They're a regular production cigar. Um, $5, $6, $7, and just so much flavor. Unbelievable right. amount of flavor for the price of that cigar. Absolutely. Um, just uh, has to be, for me, the cigar under $8 of the year has got to be the charter. I completely agree. Cigar for the money, hard to beat. But now a close second, I will say, is that La Aurora DNA. Yeah. Now, what was your favorite special release this year? So this it's kind of a shame because this is this is actually my cigar of the year. But since you're since we're gonna go by dojo rules, I'll I'll throw it in this category is this year's Las Calaveras. Oh, the seventeen Las Calaveras. The seventeen Las Calaveras was so good. And I think it's the best one they've done. I think it was even better than the fourteen, which I know I get a lot of grief for. But it was just, it was everything I wanted out of that cigar and more. So, for me, it's the CAO, which I never thought I would say, Amazon Anaconda. I love the Anaconda. I got a box of them for Christmas from my sister-in-law. Just an outstanding smoke. That CAO Anaconda. I love the Braganca tobacco. I love the twist on it. I like that you could actually smoke the label. Yeah. Um, probably be the first cigar that I actually use my pie guard on. I'll probably oh, whack that would be one interesting. of those up. Yeah. I think I'll whack one of those up first and actually try that and try it with just a little cooler smoke to see how much that changes the flavor. Yeah, that'll be interesting. As a Just as a special release. Yeah. And also... As we come kind of toward the tail end of the show, and I'll, let's let's go ahead. We'll get deeper into this, and we'll have some more categories next week. But let's not keep everybody waiting. So your cigar of the year, you're sticking with the Las Calaveras? No, because uh, I'm going to follow dojo rules here, because 
you know, we're, we're going to look at things that aren't uh, limited releases. And I've, it's a cigar I've already mentioned tonight. It's the, it's the Romeo 505 Nicaragua. That's strong. That's that is good that, that is a cigar that I, every time I see it, I gravitate towards it. It's a little pricey at the $12 range, but it is just, I mean, for, for a major label company to come out with something with that much flavor and just do such a good job and knock it out of the park, it was, it was amazing. Well, that's an easy cigar to smoke. And I don't say that a lot because, to me, all cigars have their place. But as far as a smoke you can have at 9 in the morning or at 9 at night, that cigar fits that realm. Right, absolutely. I would definitely agree with you. I think that cigar works absolutely as the best cigar of the year. For me, though... The tobacco cherry. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, finally the great taste of NyQuil in a cigar. No, the... Um, it's got to be the Drew Estate Undercrown Sundrum. Okay. I really, it has grown on me. It's become that perfect second cigar. It just has that flavor. Um, it's very understated. And I really blame a lot of my my reluctance on the front end on it, on that I've built it up in my head so much because I'd been waiting for it to come out so long. Yeah. But I got to say, it's that Drew, Drew Estate Undercrown Sundrum. Well, it's definitely, like I said, it's a cigar I'm going to go back to a couple of times before I truly form an opinion on it. Because I did like it. It just, it was one of those sort of things where I'm not sure if my palate was in the right space for it. But I'm, I'm, it was definitely a good cigar. Well, and it'll be interesting because a cigar that's kind of goes under the radar that they've just made wide release is the Florida Sun Grown. Mm-hmm. from Drew Estate, and that's a wonderful cigar. But for a long time, since they first come out, you could only buy them at Corona Cigars in Orlando. Right. Now they are part of the um, Drew Estate Diplomat program, and you're starting to see poxes of them pop up in strange places. I'll be interesting to see how, how that shakes out, if that cigar starts gaining some momentum and gaining some notoriety. And if we start seeing more American-grown tobacco coming into the market. I, that's something that I would really love to see. And I'm sure, th- and they're going to be the ones that spearhead that movement. Yeah, the, the, biggest, the biggest drawback, and let's just call a spade by a spade, is labor laws in America. Mm-hmm. Tobacco is a very labor-intensive program when done right, and having to pay minimum wage, having certain labor laws makes it much harder to produce that right. cigar in America. It really does. Well, on that bombshell, uh, <laughs> uh, I do want to uh, thank everybody for sticking with us for our first year of the podcast. We're not quite a full year in, in terms of in terms of episodes, but this has been a really great launch to the Cigar Cast, and we really appreciate everyone for listening and sticking with us. We'd love to hear some feedback from you on what your favorite cigars, cigar moments, is something that we'll talk about next week. Um, drop us a line, info at thecigarcast.com. You can always interact with us on social media via facebook.com slash thecigarcast or Instagram and Twitter at thecigarcast. Well, everyone, have a happy new year. Have a great 2018. Um, next week, I do want to talk about your New Year's resolution. I have a big one. I've told you it before, but I won't, I'm going to need the help of our audience. All right. So I'm going to tease that. And everyone, have a great cigar. Think well of us. 